and welcome to the Actually Autistic Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Onstad. Today I'm going to talk about hypermobility and Ehlers-Danlos. First, I'm going to read the definition of hypermobility from the NHS website. Begin quote, Joint Hypermobility Syndrome Many people with hypermobile joints don't have any problems, and some people, such as ballet dancers, gymnasts, and musicians, may actually benefit from the increased flexibility. All right, I'm going to uh, stop the quote there for a minute and interject that I just read another article about how a lot of people who are hypermobile as children become dancers and gymnasts, but then as we age, that hypermobility becomes more and more of a liability, and it also leads to injuries and things like that. But a lot of times, people who have used that hypermobility as kids to get into a particular area, like gymnastics, then when they have hypermobile issues, their medical practitioners may not take these issues seriously because they are gymnasts. In other words, they don't understand that the hypermobility came first and then problems can follow up with that. So uh, if you're one of these people going through something like that, you have my sympathies. Um, I'm hypermobile and I did some of those things, but I, I didn't do them very long. You know, I just took a few ballet classes. I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> So anyway, all right, um, begin quote again. However, some people with joint hypermobility can have a number of unpleasant symptoms as well, such as pain and stiffness in the joints and muscles, clicking joints, joints that dislocate easily, fatigue, recurrent injuries, digestive problems such as constipation and irritable bowel syndrome, dizziness and fainting, thin or stretchy skin. If hypermobility occurs alongside symptoms such as these, it is known as Joint Hypermobility Syndrome, JHS. What causes joint hypermobility? Joint hypermobility is often hereditary. One of the main causes is thought to be genetically determined changes to a type of protein called collagen. Collagen is found throughout the body, for example, in skin and ligaments. If collagen is weaker than it should be, tissues in the body will be fragile, which can make ligaments and joints loose and stretchy. As a result, the joints can extend further than usual. JHS is widely thought to be a feature of an underlying condition affecting connective tissue called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, EDS. Okay, got that? Here is the MedlinePlus.gov definition of Ehlers-Danlos. Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, I'm pronouncing this all different kind of ways, I'm going to spell it for you, E-H-L-E-R-S-D-A-N-L-O-S. I call it Ehlers-Danlos. I could be saying it wrong, I don't know. Anyway, if I am, I apologize, bear with me. Okay, begin quote. Ehlers-Danlos syndrome is a group of disorders that affect connective tissues, supporting the skin, bones, blood vessels, and many other organs and tissues. 
Defects in connective tissues cause the signs and symptoms of these conditions, which range from mildly loose joints to life-threatening complications. The various forms of Ehlers-Danlos syndromes have been classified in several different ways. The 2017 classification describes 13 types of Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. An unusually large range of joint movement, hypermobility, occurs in most forms of Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and is a hallmark feature of the hypermobile type. Infants and children with hypermobility often have weak muscle tone, hypotonia, which can delay the development of motor skills such as sitting, standing, and walking. The loose joints are unstable and prone to dislocation and chronic pain. End quote. There are many kinds and variations of Ehlers-Danlos syndromes, and so I've barely touched the surface here. Most people have never heard of EDS, but it is a common topic in autistic communities, and based on what research there is, there appears to be a connection between autism and Ehlers-Danlos. A study called The Relationship Between Autism and Ehlers-Danlos Syndromes Slash Hypermobility Spectrum Disorders by Emily L. Casanova and others, was published online on December 1st, 2020. And it, along with other research, is beginning to permeate the medical community, and a perceived link between hypermobility and autism is gaining ground. That's not to say that every hypermobile person is autistic, nor is every autistic person hypermobile. But the data does seem to point to a connection between the two. Both are hereditary, so it makes sense that parents passing along one gene would also sometimes pass along the other. What we don't know is what, if any, role they might have in determining what other autistic traits a person may have. Whether or not your hypermobility is Ehlers-Danlos can be a difficult thing to determine without a diagnosis, and a diagnosis can be very hard to get, but there are Ehlers-Danlos communities online at Reddit, Facebook, and Twitter, and it can be very helpful to discuss your concerns there and then seek an official diagnosis if it seems helpful. There are other conditions such as POTS, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, that are often co-occurring with Ehlers-Danlos, and I will be discussing those in tomorrow's episode. Hypermobility aids like wraps and braces can be very helpful. I have wobbly wrists and ankles, and there have been times when wearing a brace has been very helpful. Being hypermobile can make you tired. I have seen it described as like being at sea. If you have ever spent time on a boat, you know that you are constantly adjusting your position to adapt to the movement of the boat. For hypermobile people, it is like we are always on a boat because our joints are always in motion. That can get exhausting. Often it's more work to be still than to move. My personal observation is that hypermobility explains a lot about many traits common to autistics like dysgraphia, dyspraxia, and the need to move or fidget. The love of swinging on a swing and spinning in circles. For many of us, our bodies are never at rest unless we are lying down because coordinated movement requires so much effort. There are some treatments for EDS, but no cures. Treatment varies a lot based on symptoms, so I'm not going to go into those here. Comforting words of the day. If you are hypermobile, you aren't imagining things, and it's not your fault if you have times when you are clumsy. And you aren't alone. Believe me, 
you're not alone. And the, the frustrating thing is for me is that some days I'll be really well coordinated and other days like I can barely walk down the hall without injuring myself on something. So I do notice there's a difference when I'm tired. I definitely get more clumsy. Oh, goodness. Anyway, if, you, if you're clumsy like me, but then have unexpected moments of grace, I feel you. You're not alone. Now, here is your joke of the day. To be clear, I do not write these. I stole them fair and square from anonymous lists on the internet. I didn't think orthopedic shoes would help, but I stand corrected. <laughs> and you know what? This one is actually true. Like, I really didn't think orthopedic shoes would help, but they really helped me a whole lot. So if that's something you can afford to invest in, in terms of getting good inserts that fit your feet perfectly, oh gosh, what a, what a game changer that was for me. Thanks for hanging out with me on this mini-episode of the Actually Autistic Podcast. If you are interested in hearing more of my content and like Shakespeare, then you are in luck. I have two podcasts, one called There Will Be Body, and another one called The Twelfth Night Podcast by Rose City Shakespeare. I wrote a book called A Midsummer Night's Dream, Illustrated Handbook and Encyclopedia. And I'm also on a role-playing game called Shattered Worlds RPG. I'll be back tomorrow. Thank you for being actually autistic.